You're listening to the Sunday teaching from Journey Church Tampa. You've joined us in our series, I Have Come to Bring You Joy. We hope wherever you are in your week, this time ministers to you. So this morning, joy and suffering. Um, And this is very heavy. It's a very big, like, heady thing. Um, Joy in the midst of suffering. And to me, when I was thinking about this, I thought, so what does it mean to have joy in the middle of, to live with and live in suffering? Um, there, and so as I was reading, you know, going over my notes and, and I found that scripture, um, there is so much in that story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Um, there's just too much. Like I, I, there's just too much for me to, to get into too much, but there is there is portions of that scripture that I do think is needed and timely. Um, in verse three, Martha and Mary, the sisters, sent word to Jesus that the one he loved is sick. Upon hearing this news, Jesus's thought was, this sickness will not end in death, but due to this, God will be glorified. When Jesus arrives at the tomb, he finds that Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days. Um, and here we see Martha and Mary's reaction to both their brother's death, as well as the reaction to the, to the delay in Jesus's arrival. Martha and Mary both, um, they say the exact same thing. They say to Jesus, they both said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. They said the exact same, they weren't with each other. They, we know that Martha was there first and when he got married. Um, and when I was reading it, I thought, okay, Lord, there's a, there's a, like, there's a lesson here. They both said the same thing. And I was reading it and I don't, my my first instinct was one of them sounded more um, like she knew that he, that she had faith, but maybe more like Jesus, she weren't here, but that's okay. And the other one was like she had faith, like Jesus, if you were just here, I know my brother wouldn't have died. Jesus' response to Martha is the one point that I'm going to kind of veer off um, because it is worth, and I do think it is worth pointing out um, in this scripture that Jesus was forever pointing to his kingdom. He is pointing to his purpose. He tells Martha, he is the resurrection in life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Here he is proclaiming the truth that nothing is too small. Death, suffering, um, heartache, nothing is too small for him and nothing is too big for him. Death, heartache, suffering. Neither one of those are too small or too big. He is God. We read that Jesus saw Mary in her brokenness and he was deeply moved. He asked to see where Lazarus was laid, and he wept. Why is this important? Um, I have to think that Jesus knew the end of the story. He told his disciples at least four days ago when he got word, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. When I first read that, I'm like, oh, Lord, like, Lazarus is dead, and I and for and he's like, for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there because through this incident, through this story, through this, you're going to believe. Jesus knew the event was going to bring glory to God. He knew the end of the story, and yet he was deeply moved in spirit that he wept. I have to ask myself if in the middle of my suffering, have I ever thought, Lord, let this suffering bring you glory. Let these tears, let this heartache that I'm experiencing, let this let down, let these, whatever these feelings I'm feeling bring you glory. And I know that I have not done that. I know that I have sometimes taken my suffering and taken my heartache and sat in it, 
but I never said, Lord, let this bring you glory. And that is what he did. I know that I haven't. So that's not my, that was not my prayer, but it is my prayer now. Lord, let my suffering, let my anguish, let my hurt, let my very life bring you glory. Um, this is not the only time in scripture that we see Jesus move to tears. In Luke 19.41, it says, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. We read in Isaiah 53.3, he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Tim Keller says, look at Jesus. In this, I'll get back to this in a minute. Look at Jesus. He was perfect, right? And yet he goes around crying all the time. He is always weeping a man of sorrows. Do you know why? Because he is perfect. Because when you are not all absorbed in yourself, you can feel the sadness of the world. And therefore, what you actually have is that the joy of the Lord happens inside the sorrow. It doesn't come after the sorrow. It doesn't come after the uncontrollable weeping. The weeping drives you into the joy. It enhances the joy. And then the joy enables you to actually feel your grief without it sinking you. In other words, you are finally emotionally healthy. That's so good. Um, and when, Pastor Corey, you were talking, you said, um, and I'm going to get your words wrong, but um, you just said, like, when you are when you're up that mountain, you took the focus off of yourself, and you were able to experience more and maybe enjoy more because you saw the struggle of Stephen, and you saw Elbow afraid of heights, but yet doing it, which is the same thing. This is the same thing. When you're taking when you're taking your your thoughts off of yourself, you're able to to see more and um, empathize more. But when you said that, I thought, oh, that's so good. Um, and this is so good. So what a concept it is to have joy in our sorrows. Um, and I think it was, I know the date. It was 2005. 2005. Um, I found myself. Um, we had John Michael Ben and Avery, um, and we've not told the story, but um, you guys, some of you know, I had a miscarriage. I found I found I was pregnant in March. Um, not very long after I found out that I was pregnant, um, I had a miscarriage, and it happened like in the evening. And the next morning, we the kids had kids to school. Um, I was a teacher. I didn't go to work that day, um, and I can remember Michael taking me out to lunch, which th- seems like. Okay, it's a big deal. But at that time, we did not have any extra income. We didn't go out to eat. Um, there was no extra. And, and to kind of like, just as a reset and, and like get out of the house, we went to a fancy restaurant, Red Lobster. Um, and I remember just being in that spot and being there with just me and him, the kids weren't with us, in that space, there was laughter just as much as there were tears. The joy and suffering came, and it didn't happen immediately. There were questions. I think as, as we go through these things, we question, like, why, Lord? Why did it happen? Why? Um, and I truly believe the Lord is big enough to handle the, our questions, the why did this happen? Um, and I truly believe, I know that I got my answer. Um, that doesn't always happen. Sometimes, um, the answer may not come. It may come. We know it comes in God's time if it comes. Um, but that brought me that brought me comfort and it brought me joy. Um, I can remember that evening. He got the kids from school. They were home. And that evening, I was at home and I just could hear the kids just playing and laughing. Um, John Michael was six. Ben was four, and Avery was two. And I remember. I, w- I think I was in the boys' bedroom. Um, 
just laying on the bed, and they were in the other bedroom playing video games, I think. And I can just remember, to this day, hearing their laughter and hearing their, just their, honestly, their childlike just openness and being there. And in my tears, there was joy. There was joy in the suffering. Um, Because I am trying to kind of wrap this up faster than I would have, um, I'm going to just practically just jump into what does it mean? How can we have joy in suffering? Um, Number one, it it determines and it, it really depends on what is inside of you. Alistair Begg puts it like this. Crisis will reveal what is inside of us. What is in the middle of you? In the middle of suffering, in the middle of crisis, a loss, joy cannot be found if you don't find joy in the Lord when you are not suffering. If you don't find joy in the Lord when things are going great, I, and I say you, meaning myself as well, I have a very hard time believing that you or I will find joy in the Lord when we are suffering. I know me, it's just not going to happen. What do we take comfort in? Do I find my comfort in my success, in my abilities, in my job, in my family? Um, Again, and I say again because this has been said so often, so many times, but I continue to find my comfort in some of these things, even knowing that these are like a Band-Aid, that truly, honestly and truly, only the Lord can truly bring comfort, can truly bring peace. I still find myself turning to these things at times instead of turning to God. When I'm suffering, if my initial reaction isn't to see God in all things, to see the hand of the Lord in every circumstance, I'm not going to find joy in my suffering. I'm going to find turmoil. I'm going to find bitterness. I will find anxiety. I'm going to find doubt. I'm going to find the things of the world that will tell me to turn from the Lord instead of turn to him. John Calvin says, you must submit to supreme suffering in order to discover the completion of joy. True biblical joy comes from the Lord. What is inside of you? What's inside of us? What are we putting before our eyes and listening to and reading what is inside of you? If we make the things of the Lord a priority, when we face trials of many kinds, we will consider it pure joy, as James 1-2 says. When we face suffering, and again, when, because we're all going to, it's going to happen, but when we face it, we are all going to face suffering um, of some kind. I want to do so with the joy that the Lord gives me. I want to face suffering knowing that I have all the promises that I am assured of, the promise of 2 Corinthians 1 and 3. Praise be to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Psalms 27, 13 says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Isaiah 66, 13. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. And then Hebrews 13, 5. I will never leave you or forsake you. These are all promises. And, and these are just, what, I think four, four of them that I picked out. And I, when I pray, um, when we do, um, when I leave prayer on Thursdays, I think I, I, and I think I say this, but the Bible is full of promises. And if, if it's not in us, if we don't put the Bible before us, and if we don't memorize scripture, 
when we need them, they're not going to be there. These are promises. They're not just promises for me. They're not just promises for um, you or when you're going through it. These promises, the Lord will never leave us or forsake us. I can guarantee you, I would think, if I was on that mountain, I'm going to be like, Lord, you're not, I know that you're not leaving me. You're right here with me. These are the promises that we have, and we just have to put it inside of us. So when we need it, it's right there. Um, number two, count life as a gift. Consider life itself a gift. How easy and how sad it would be to walk through life missing out on what the Lord has given us. Henry Nouwen puts it beautifully. He says, each day holds a surprise, but only if we expect it can we see, hear, or feel it when it comes to us. Do not be afraid to receive each day's surprise, whether it comes to us as sorrow as, or as joy. It will open a new place in our hearts, a place where we can welcome new friends and celebrate more fully our shared humanity. Life comes to us as a surprise. I, I just love that. Um, not all surprises are good. Some surprises are not like a birthday party surprise. Some surprises are not, they're just not good. Um, but when we have those not great surprises, we know that we walk with the Lord. We are not, we're not walking by ourselves. Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We have this promise. Hebrews 4.16 let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Um, I was at, I took a, um, a macrame class sometime last month, I think. I got there a little early. I was, it was in a plant shop, so I was kind of like walking around. Um, and I went by myself, so I was just like kind of like, got there really early. I was, I didn't expect there to be no traffic. Um, so I'm walking and I'm hearing these people talking and they're talking about making life decisions, um, like pretty big life decisions. And they're talking about their horoscope and um, crystals and, and all these things. And I was talking to my kids, like, to put, our, to put our trust in those things. And one of my children's like, Mom, you do realize, like, you talk about Jesus like that. Like, Jesus, you make a decision. It's Jesus. You go here, it's Jesus. And I'm like, and I said, I do realize that. Like, everything is a gift. Me choosing my profession, it was Jesus. Literally, you getting a class that you wanted with the profession you wanted, it was Jesus. You not getting the class that you wanted, I have to trust that was Jesus too. Um, there, is, there is a reason, I have to trust that there is a reason um, one of my kids did not get... Um, something that they wanted. And, and it, it was a big thing. Like, it wasn't like they didn't get, you know, I didn't get them a water bottle. It was, it was a big thing. And I had to just keep coming back. The Lord knows what's best for you. There has to be a reason why he gave you this instead of this, even though your heart's desire was for this. There is a reason you got this instead. And I have to know, I have to believe the Lord knows all. He knows, he, he knows our path. So as I talk about Jesus, yes, for my children, because I want them to know everything I have, everything that we have, it comes from him, and it comes from him. And I know, I, again, I have the Bible that tells me these are what I will do for you. This is, this is who I am. He's big. He, again, what's death? It's so small for him. What's death? What's, 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 there's nothing too big. There's nothing too small. And that, for me, gives me joy. Number three, 
I think it's important that we find your joy. You find your joy. Um, to me, it is intentionally, there is an intentionality in finding what brings you joy. Um, this will be maybe different for different people. Um, joy is a concrete thing, and we have been talking about it. If we've um, been here or on the podcast, um, we have been talking about it for the past four weeks. Um, and joy is not the same as happiness. The, um, some of my stuff, and I kind of listed, um, the smell of cut grass makes me happy. Apple pie makes me happy. I love reading a book. It makes me happy. But let me be out on a run in the morning and legitimately people doing their job, they're mowing the lawn, and they don't hear me coming, so I have to go around them in the street. That does not make me happy. Like, they're doing their job, but that, I'm not very happy with that. When I do not feel good, apple pie, I don't want it. But those things do not give me joy. I just enjoy them. Um, you may know, um, Krista sent me a picture. She was in North Carolina and sent a picture of um, this uh, yarn shop. And then I thought, brings me joy. All that yarn. Going into Joann's, and they, they've redone it, and this is a tangent. They've redone Joann's, but they're back. Well, when you walk in, it's nothing but yarn. And when I first saw it, I was like, I just stared. Literally, with all that, I just stared for a minute. I'm like, that is just beautiful. Um, <laughs> it's just beautiful. I, I love crocheting, but crocheting, the act of crocheting does not bring me joy. I love it. I do it. It's a way to pass my time. I mindlessly, it's a way for me to just escape, listen to a podcast, whatever it is. It doesn't bring me joy. Seeing things that are created, seeing something that I have made and my kids or, um, you know, a friend, somebody enjoy that, that brings me joy. That brings me joy. That is, I can just, it just brings me joy. Um, a lot of us, I kind of find out, um, are enjoying plants bring us joy. Um, the mystery, and I think I was thinking about this, the mystery of finding that right balance of sun and water and care and seeing it blossom, that brings me joy. I'm not sure who said it over here. That brings me joy. There, I had a plant um, I bought a while ago, and it was beautiful. It was tiny, but it was beautiful. And it was like doing so good. I was proud of myself. And then it died, and I thought, it was almost like I was offended that this thing died on me because I'm like, I'm taking care of you, and, or I, so I thought it died. So I'm like, okay, one last, one last thing. I cut it, I cut it off. Now mind you, I thought it had died. I cut it off, I watered it, cut it off, put a baggie on top and put it in my windowsill. So as I'm doing the, and, and right in my kitchen, so I'm doing dishes here. I'm doing the dishes and literally like two months later, just this past week, I see a, a relatively large petal on it and I was like, I was showing the kids, like, look at this thing, it came back, like, I'm loving it, and then when Taylor came over Thursday, I'm like, Taylor, now you need to help me, like, how do I keep this thing alive, like, quickly go to Taylor, um, quickly, so, but that brings me joy, even when it, when I thought it was dead, when I thought it wasn't, you know, going to keep it anymore, seeing that stuff, the little small things brings me joy, so I'm going to tell you to find your joy, recognizing that it is all a gift, Everything is given to us by God, and it is all a gift. Um, E.B. White says, we should all do what in the long run, in the long run gives us joy, even, it, even if it is only picking grapes or sorting the laundry. I love that some people find pure joy in sorting the laundry. 
pure joy. I don't, but I love that some people do it. I will say, I, the Lord, I do believe the Lord is changing my, my, um, changing my joy for washing the dishes. For the longest time, I hated it. But I find myself just washing the dishes and finding joy and just having that time just a cease. And I can put on music, and I'm just enjoying it. So our joys will change, but we have to intentionally look for them. We have to intentionally ask the Lord, Lord, what is my joy? What brings me joy? We don't all know. I'm, I'm not going to, I know for the longest time I didn't know. Um, like Kaysen, he didn't know what brought him joy. Um, what brings us joy, Lord? What, what did you give me? What are you gifting me that's going to bring me joy? I'm almost done, so John, you want to come up? Um, I will end with this quote from John Piper, um, because I think it just sums, sums this up perfectly. The best news of the Christian gospel is that the supremely glorious creator of the universe has acted in Jesus Christ's death and resurrection to remove every obstacle between us and himself so that we may find everlasting joy in seeing and savoring his infinite beauty. When I saw those pictures, and I've seen pictures, Michael's been sending me pictures um, the time you've been gone, I, I told him, that's the Colorado I want to see. I want to see the Colorado, like, the water and the crystal clear water. To think, and that's just one little, what, one little tiny little part of Colorado, the Lord's infinite beauty. So what I'm going to find beautiful, you may not, but what do you find beautiful? All of it is a gift, all of it is from God, and all of it is just right there. The Lord is saying, it's right here. Ask for it, take it. It is that we are finding everlasting joy in seeing it and savoring his beauty. If you want to go ahead and stand up with me, um, we're going to go into prayer. Um, as always, I'm going to list some things, but if, if there is anything that I don't list that you need prayer over, um, healing, whatever it is, th- this altar is open. Someone will come pray with you. Our prayer team will come pray with you. Um, but please do not, don't sit there. Um, knowing that you need prayer for something. Um, If you are here this morning and you need a mindset, a mindset shift when it comes to joy or suffering, let us pray for you. If you're here this morning and you are just going through something, let us pray for you. If you're here this morning and you're just down, whatever it is, whatever it is, let us pray for you.